This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Well, actually, it's uh, just me. It's BYU Sports Nation is live your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, November 5th, the 5th of November, the gun... Powder, Treason, and Plot. I love free, Beef for Vendetta. I'm Jerem Jordan, Provo. Alongside Spuddy Buddy. What's up, Spuddy? How you doing, man? We haven't mentioned Spuddy Buddy all week, but uh, here he is. I'm feeling better about Spuddy Buddy. You know, I used to have a lot of negative feelings here, but uh, he was ranked ninth. I'm, I'm feeling good, man. So uh, I think Spuddy Buddy should be where Spencer is, which is in Boise. So should we have sent Spuddy Buddy with you, Spencer? Yeah, that's always an option, and <laughs> I think since we started treating Spuddy Buddy a little bit kinder, yeah. things have gone better for BYU in Idaho okay. and against Boise State even in Provo last year. So maybe we extend the hand of kindness on the regular, and this could be a good thing for the Cougars as they approach Boise State on Friday night. Yeah, so we're going to do the uh, split show here today, which should be fun. You're outside Albertson Stadium. How's the weather this morning? Not too bad. Warming up, uh, sunny. We expect that... Uh, the warmer weather will last a little bit longer than previously anticipated. We're hoping that there will be no precipitation tomorrow night. It'll be cooler tomorrow, but hey, it's a beautiful day today. Perfect time to be outside as uh, we talk BYU-Boise State and just what feels like one of the most anticipated BYU football games really in like the last 30 years. Yeah, absolutely. So first time for you and BYU in that stadium since the 2018 Potato Bowl. So Spuddy Buddy in here with me, keeping me company. You're in Boise should be a fun show, and let's get to the show lineup. Fans in the stands, what's going down in Boise tomorrow night? And the move that Boise State's pulling that's a little weird. The latest Heisman mentioned for Zach Wilson. Kerb Herbstreet still loves BYU, what he said last night. Fox Sports play-by-play Aaron Goldsmith, who is calling the game, will join us tomorrow. Uh, excuse me, coming up in the next segment. Uh, he's Mariners play-by-play. I love Aaron. He's great. The newest deep blue on baller left tackle featuring Brady Christensen and Noah the Foe, Boise State edition. But first, today's headlines. Happy game day eve, everyone. For the first time in 2020, Albertson Stadium will host fans. Approximately 1,000 fans, including family of Boise State players, the band, The Boise State cheer squad and 500 students will be allowed into the stadium as the number nine Cougars take on the number 21 Broncos. Highly anticipated, cannot wait for it matchup. We'll discuss it more, but what Boise State is doing is Bush League, not allowing any tickets for any BYU families. We'll discuss... Desperation move. why, Why that is and what BYU has done relative to opposing families with tickets this year. Pro Football Focus released a top five Heisman list. Zach Wilson, third in this, behind Alabama's Mac Jones, Clemson's Trevor Lawrence, and ahead of Ohio State's Justin Fields and Oklahoma's Spencer Rattler. How about that? Top three right now, according to PFF. For the moment, football out, men's basketball in. The Jerry Colangelo Classic multi-team event officially postponed until December of 2021. Eight teams, including BYU and West Coast Conference foes San Diego, San Francisco, and the Mighty Zags were all slated to play. The Cougars were originally supposed to play Arizona State at the home of the Phoenix Suns this December 19th, but we'll now have to wait a year before that eventual showdown with the Sun Devils. 
And adding to that, CBS Sports uh, listed all the college basketball teams in the country, ranked BYU 51st. How about that? Last night, the women's soccer team held its second scrimmage of the fall, resulting in a 2-0 blue win. The game winner came from defender Kendall Peterson with the left foot. A little more space for Kendall Peterson. Peterson uncontested. Cross it in! It wasn't a pass after all. It was an attempt at net and a great goal from Kendall Peterson. Michaela Coolhan scored, of course. That's what she does. She's awesome. The NCAA has announced the spring season will start in February, ends in May in Cary, North Carolina. We still don't know any details about the schedule, but we're looking forward to what we think will be a women's soccer season. How about a congratulations to Connor Mance and Whitney Orton, the West Coast Conference runners or co-runners of the month, I should say. Frankly, they're two of the best runners in the entire country, Jerem. Mance finished second overall at the OSU Invitational most recently. Orton finished first overall almost 11 seconds faster than the next closest competitor. Whitney is dominating. Yeah, they are so good. Fun to see them compete here in the fall. They're some of the first other athletes who have competed uh, in any sport, right? So that's been awesome to see. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, last night on ESPN, Kirk Herbstreit of ESPN, of course, uh, was asked who he'd take between undefeated BYU, Cincinnati, and 7-0 Oregon at the end of the season for a potential playoff spot. He chose the Cougars. It's a good thing he did the Navy game. He saw BYU in person. He's been impressed ever since. Spencer, do you agree with Kirk? Yes, Jerem. I forgot my blue goggles, but I do agree with Kirk (laughs) in the specific case of Oregon. The extra late start and, frankly, lack of games and visibility for the Ducks really hurts their perception. It's such a weird scenario for the entire Pac-12, including what we think is going to be their best team. Now, if BYU can bolster their resume by beating what we think will finish as the top two teams in the Mountain West Conference, Boise State and San Diego State, that's going to help the Cougars' case while Oregon really is just getting started, it feels like. Uh, And as you mentioned, Jerem, BYU played in front of Kirk Herbstreit and Reese Davis. They did so in a Monday Night Football scenario. They impressed him early, so he has been watching them extra closely with this magnified lens, and he's clearly liking everything that he's seen, whereas Oregon hasn't played a game, so Kirk doesn't really have anything to go off of. So right now it's understandable that BYU's top of mind for him. We'll see what happens if Oregon gets to like 4-0 or 5-0 and they're dominating, if his rhetoric will change at all as it relates to BYU. But right now the head start is just too much to overcome for a team like Oregon when is going to have played those eight games before they even kick off their season. As for Cincinnati, I don't know about that one because Cincinnati is right now ranked higher than BYU. They play a tougher schedule than BYU, and they are really approaching the meat of their schedule. they got to play Houston this week. they got to play UCF the week after. They can make some more statement wins. That's going to be tough for BYU to overcome in the rankings because I feel like Cincinnati right now is clearly respected. They've got an amazing defense. I think Cincinnati needs to lose a game for BYU to be that undefeated non-Power 5 team with the best shot to get into the college football playoffs. So I agree with them in the sense of Oregon for perception matters, but Cincinnati, I think BYU needs them to lose a game before the Cougars really start to feel like, yeah, we're, we're the team that's the best non-P5 team, and we deserve it more than a Pac-12 team that has only played seven games. Yeah, I don't agree with Kirk, uh, and I work for Brigham. 
I think that an undefeated Oregon will still be interesting because they will have played seven power fives, right? Granted, they don't play a tough schedule. They're playing the North, and then they're playing UCLA from the South. Interesting that if uh, Oregon doesn't play in the Pac-12 title game, they will play a, another game, by the way, um, the day after the Pac-12 title game. That's, that's interesting, right? Stanford's not as good. Wazoo, Nick Rolovich, different setup. UCLA, always overrated, as you mentioned. Oregon State, always stinks. Cal, mediocre. Washington can be good, but that's kind of the only game, right? So an undefeated Oregon, and are we talking 6-0 and instead of 7-0, and I guess? Uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting, right? Cincinnati, you brought it up. They're ranked higher than BYU. Cincinnati deserves this conversation. They really do. BYU is a team that's won 18 games the last three years and really struggled. Cincinnati's 27-5 and the last two-ish years, including this one. They are one of the best non-Power 5 programs that exist. And they've, they are undefeated. They weren't the best non-Power 5 last year. That was Memphis, but uh, I believe Cincinnati lost in the... AAC title game, like you mentioned, they have a tougher schedule than BYU. If Cincinnati is undefeated, they are a better prospect for the college football playoff than BYU would be. So, like you said, Cincinnati needs to lose. They do. And I believe that BYU is a better prospect in that than anybody else, right? It's, it's really on the outsiders of the Power Five. It's really Cincy or BYU or no one else. There's Coastal Carolina... Marshall, even Boise State, none of these teams will really get a shot at the playoff. I don't even really believe that BYU in the playoff is a realistic thing. I'm talking that they actually get in. The conversation, yeah, they should be in the conversation. They're an undefeated team. Why not? Like UCF in 2017 should have been in the conversation. They should not have been in the playoff, and they weren't, but at least in the conversation. BYU right now, according to ESPN, 14% chance to get in. We talked about that number yesterday. You feel like that's a little bit too high. I feel like it's probably fair right now. If BYU beats Boise State this weekend, will that number jump up for you, Jerem? And I know I'm throwing you kind of a bonus question here, but would, would that percentage at least get to 14 or maybe go a little bit higher if the Cougars win at Boise for the first time ever? I don't really care what the number is because I don't think BYU is going to get in. You could say it's 100. It's whatever. <laughs> like, that's exciting and awesome. I just don't think the system's set up for a non-Power 5 team. And listen, BYU's schedule, if you think it's being scrutinized now, just wait until that actual conversation. You can't play zero Power 5s, zero, and be like, yeah, we deserve to be in the playoff. I just don't think that's the case. New Year's 6 is awesome. Listen, a New Year's 6 is a better house than BYU's ever lived in, right? And you can't get greedy and go, well, actually, we want the mansion up the canyon. <laughs> like, New Year's Six would be incredible, and that would be awesome. Let, yeah, let the conversation continue about BYU. Let the Heisman conversation about Zach Wilson continue. I don't believe either of those things will actually happen, but it's awesome that, that it's being discussed. I'm enjoying this. Yeah, the one thing that we all need to keep in mind with the Pac-12 is we're assuming that everything is going to go as planned. And well, that and with BYU's schedule. they have no... COVID scenarios. I mean, to BYU's, uh, in their defense, uh, and in their case, they've already, they've already played seven games and are going to play an eight tomorrow night, we hope. The Pac-12 has zero room for error. We're already seeing Wisconsin be impacted, one of the best teams in the Big Ten, by a COVID scenario. So if someone in the Pac-12 has a flare-up, or if it's Oregon or Washington or Utah or whoever, this could derail the entire Pac-12 scenario. They need everything to go off without a hitch for their, to have any hope of getting a fourth team into the college football playoffs. So that is advantage BYU as well. 
but they're still behind a team like Cincinnati, as we just discussed, who, who clearly has a stronger schedule and right now a stronger resume. BYU needs some help from Cincinnati, and frankly, they need Texas A&M to lose. They need Georgia uh, to lose to Alabama again. They need the top three to run the table. So all those dominoes need to fall into place for BYU to at least be on the outside as the number five or six team with a, hey, we're undefeated, look at us, case. Yeah, and this would resurrect, uh, what, 96, 2001. We've been there, done that, where BYU doesn't get included. And, I, yeah, it's it's all good. New Year's Six, there's at least an expanded area where BYU can show up uh, and feel like, hey, we got invited to the party and it's all good, right? And, by the way, you know what the Pac-12's issue is? It's USC. If USC was good, they'd be right in the conversation, right? It's, it's Oregon, and then it's nobody else, right? It's USC's fault the last few years that the Pac-12 has become irrelevant. I really feel that way. Washington going 2016 to the playoff, getting blown out by Alabama. That didn't help. Oregon losing against Auburn. That didn't help either, uh, you know, in the national title game, and that one was close. But, yeah, tough stuff for, uh, for USC. Yeah, the L.A. market is a big deal, and uh, when USC's churning, that, that West Coast market can kind of gain some ground and some relevance in the national conversation. All right, topic two. Uh, does ESPN's Kirk Herbstreet mention Spencer? Talked about margin. If BYU keeps blowing teams out, then, yeah, let's keep it going. And BYU has. What's the average score? 44-13, I think, right? Uh, does margin matter now tomorrow and in the rest of the schedule for BYU to keep pace with this? We talked about margin yesterday or a couple of days ago. The days are all running together this week. I can't say that BYU has to win by a large margin for them to make a statement. If they just beat Boise State tomorrow night, that will be enough to, to keep them in the top 10, to keep them in the college football playoff conversation, and certainly what we think is going to lock up their status, at least for now, in that New Year's Six conversation. Um, I am concerned that if BYU loses big tomorrow, then that could really, really impact some things, not just – for That's BYU's an uh, perception in the national scene, oh my gosh! I mean, talk about <laughs> like going from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. Like BYU might be back here playing in the Idaho Potato Bowl if they lose tomorrow night. Seriously, which, you know, nobody wants BYU to be playing in this stadium twice this year. <laughs> um, as far as pressure goes, winning big uh, is nice, but not against Boise State. And, and even if BYU only wins by seven or ten against what we think is going to be a pretty good San Diego State team, great, just win. Winning is hard. See UTSA, um, injuries come into play, depth, weather, all this stuff. Just beat those teams. They'll take care of business against North Alabama. So I don't think there's pressure to win big against the top two teams in the Mountain West, just more so pressure to win those games, period. And that'll be enough. That, that will be enough to put BYU in a New Year's Six game if they're 10-0 and and just, just win. Just win. Now, if they want to be in the college football playoff consideration, then they probably have to look really impressive, especially in their last statement opportunity against San Diego State on December 12th, because that's going to be like the showcase of, hey, we're still here, and hopefully San Diego State's ranked and BYU looks great, because then they can say, we're here, we're good, and we're taking care of business against you know some of the best of the rest in terms of non-Power 5 teams. I feel like the official theme song of the season is Bachman Turner Overdrive, taking care of business. You mentioned that a lot. I tell Bachman his son had a, a one-hit wonder. That, that was fun. She's so high. 
BYU's high in the rankings? I, I think we can tie this in. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no pressure on BYU to win big. There's just pressure to win. You think? Listen, at this place, what do we talk about all the time? We talk about 84 and what they did, right? In the NFL, when someone's undefeated, what do we talk about? The 72 Dolphins can breathe easy still, right? Um, with, this, with this team, they're pursuing perfection. That is pressure enough. They didn't make T-shirts this year, luckily. But BYU is trying to continue to win because if they do win out, we believe a New Year's Six is a real possibility. And we're the understaters uh, in the conversation. Uh, there continues to be playoff conversation, which is fun and awesome. But, yeah, BYU does not need to beat Boise State by more than one point. Just win by one. Because you know what they've done three times? They've lost by one point. So if BYU can win on the blue in the white on white on blue on blue on blue, that would be great. And uh, that would be enough of a statement to be 8-0 and for just the fourth time in school history. Okay, our question of the day. When you hear someone talk yeah, about BYU about and the college football, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just think about it. No, no one's going to care. They're, the national people only care if BYU has a 10 and 0 perfect mark. They, they beat San Diego State and Boise by one. What? No one's going to care. BYU is undefeated, and that will carry the most weight. Absolutely. Okay, our question of the day. When you hear someone talk about BYU and the college football playoff, what's your first reaction? I want to get your reaction real quick. Oh! <laughs> uh, sorry, that was my best impression of you, and that's um, oh! um, a little more bravado. That's kind of that's yeah. kind of what it feels. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's kind of what it feels like um, that that emotion. But the reaction is just excitement. It's it's kind of like we've been wandering in this desert forever, and we just stumbled upon this oasis, and the oasis is growing, and there's all this amazing high quality water in front of us and we, we can't drink it fast enough so that that's probably the best way i can compare it okay let's get to the voice of the nation see what you are saying about what your first reaction is this is the voice of the nation on byu sports nation use hashtag byusn weigh in on twitter also facebook and instagram at spencer.nielsen9 this isn't spencer uh, linton's burner i have one though it's obviously really exciting, but we all know that it's always followed up with uh, up and with we can beat Boise State or not. Got to get the job done tomorrow. Absolutely. Continue to weigh in. All right, Spence, what's coming up? Uh, Boise State conspiracy that we need to discuss, Jerem. Yeah, we're going to dive into the details of that. We're going there, I guess. And the man calling the game, Fox Sports' Aaron Goldsmith. We'll break down the matchup with the Cougars and the Broncos. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hang out with us tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern. Spencer live in Boise. Dave, Blaine, David in Studio C. Countdown to kickoff. We'll get you ready from Provo and Boise for the Broncos and Cougars. Well, our next guest is a friend of mine. He's a play-by-play for my Seattle Mariners on both TV and radio as well as Fox Sports MLB uh, college basketball and football as well. Play-by-play man calling Friday night's mega matchup between number nine BYU, number 21 Boise State. He's also a man I consult with regarding hair products. His name's Aaron Goldsmith. He's on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Aaron, it's great to have you on the show, man. Hey, obviously my consultations have been working out for you. It's good to see you as well, man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm stoked that uh, you're, you're getting the call for this game. This has been an ESPN game, but new deal with the league, uh, CBS and Fox and all the home games for Boise State are Fox, so... Here we go, you, you, and you got a good one. This is the biggest game of the season for BYU, hoping to do something special here. 
Can I use Mega Matchup in the open? By the way, you use whatever you want. I'm going. I'm going. I'm using. That's not trademarked. I'm using Mega Matchup in the open. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. This is going to be so much fun. I was thinking about it earlier this morning, uh, and I mean, you know this from being around broadcasts all the time. <clears throat> Every game always means everything to the two teams playing, but it doesn't always mean that it has great ramifications throughout their respective league conference, the sport itself, no matter what you're talking about. But in this particular case, not only does this game mean everything to Boise state and to BYU, but the ramifications of it in terms of new year, six bowls, I know that's something you've been talking about all week, I'm sure. And possibly college football playoff. If you want to look at a Heisman race that Zach Wilson is trying to not be as much of a dark horse in, but be a, front of the line guy. I mean, there's so many storylines for this game. Uh, I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. I wish we could be there. We're calling the game out of the Fox studios in LA. So we're dodging some like 28 degree weather, I'm guessing in Boise, (laughs) Uh, but we don't, we don't get to see the Smurf turf in person, which is too bad. Yeah. It'd be cool. And there will be some fans in there. We learned kind of last night, right? So what's, what's like calling a game remotely? Cause there's a lot as a a fellow play-by-play, not at your level, of course, but you you take in the energy, right? And you kind of transmit that to the audience, but now you're in a studio trying to do your best. Yeah. I'm, this will be my first football game done remotely. I've, I've done a number of them. Uh, with baseball remotely, both with Fox and during the whole baseball season for the Seattle Mariners. And with baseball, you kind of got used to it. I feel like the the pace of the game lends itself uh, that you could do it remotely kind of okay, especially with there's just obviously so much downtime. But with football, there's obviously the pace is quicker. uh, It's more exact in terms of uh, markers and where the ball is and what the ramifications of each spot might be. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really curious what it's going to look like. Hopefully uh, people at home uh, won't know that we're in L.A. and not in Boise. That's the goal. BYU 7-0, and trying to get to 8-0 for the, just the fourth time ever. You talked about the stakes, college football playoff conversation, New Year's 6, Heisman and whatnot. What have you thought of what BYU has done this year in a certainly a unique schedule? Well, it's unique for sure. I'm, I'm disappointed for BYU, for the program, for their fans. They did not get a chance to see the original schedule played out. I mean, this was, I'm sure you could go through the archives of BYU independent history, but this was looking like maybe the most formidable independent schedule that BYU had put together. Uh, so to not see that be able to play out is a shame. You, you can't fault BYU for playing who they were able to scramble and get. Uh, but obviously the stakes of this game in terms of the schedule is are the Cougars seven and O because of their talent or are they seven and O because of who they played? So if you lose this game, the narrative for everyone who matters is going to be, well, they're seven and O because of who they played. Uh, But if you can go onto the blue and win in a place that you've never won before against a, a really good team, obviously, uh, not only this year, but year in and year out, all of a sudden uh, now the rest of the season looks pretty good. I know the guys inside the locker room aren't looking that far ahead, uh, but this is a massive game from that perspective, as you know, as well as I do. Zach Wilson has been incredible this year. We thought he'd be better as a junior and, and when the thumb healed, but the leap that he's taken has been unbelievable. I mean, yesterday PFF says 
projected uh, mock draft, third pick to the Jaguars earlier in the week, ninth pick to the Patriots. We're going, oh, my gosh. So I'm just counting the games till he's gone because, yeah, he's going to be gone. <laughs> um, what have you thought of what he's done this year at quarterback? Well, it's it's pretty amazing. I, I heard uh, somebody asking uh, Kalani Sataki about it and basically saying, like, man, where did this guy come from? And I can understand why somebody who hasn't been dialed in to BYU football year in and year out, or at least the last two years entering this year, would feel like this guy just kind of like fell from the sky uh, into Provo and is putting up these incredible numbers and doing it with a flash and a flare uh, that you kind of can't teach, right? Like you have it or you don't. Uh, but when you start to learn his story a little bit more, you realize that well, this was a guy who had a lot of these attributes the last couple of years, but is now finally healthy. So now he's healthy. Uh, Labrum's healthy. The thumb is healthy. The what doesn't get talked about nearly enough, I think, around college football probably is he's got the same staff by and large, right? I mean, yeah. this is same system. This is not something he's having to learn. Uh, now that he's healthy, he's got another hurdle. No, it's all there. It's all laid out for him. He's got some playmakers, even though obviously BYU has lost essentially it's top four receivers uh, from a year ago, but the way he goes about it and the entertaining nature that he has to do it uh, makes it kind of must see TV. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to watch him in person because you don't see guys who can put the ball where they want to as often as he does. Uh, and throwing a ball underhand every once in a while as well. Yeah, that's always fun. Think about it. If he's a Heisman finalist, they may play some highlights, and your voice would be on that. So I think you just really need to focus on those deep balls, right? Okay, now don't make. Now you're gonna make me overthink it. <laughs> now come on. Uh, let's look at uh, some personnel notes for this because it's interesting. Obviously, Boy State. We're trying to see which quarterback's gonna play. Hank Bachmeyer plays the first one. Doesn't <laughs> play the second one. They don't tell why, but. Feels like it's hinting an obvious direction, right? Uh, Jack Sears, the USC transfer, who didn't even, didn't even play football last year. He's just going to USC, carves up uh, Air Force. Then the running back, George Holani, he gets hurt. Andrew Van Buren steps in. BYU, Zane Anderson, uh, ankle, questionable, Gunnar Romney. There's a lot on both sides. It'll be interesting to see who rolls out there. I agree. You know, the the, the Jack Sears situation, you know, if, if somebody you were to say to just uh, average BYU fan who hasn't been keeping up with Boise State football say like hey yeah Boise State's got their backup going you might be looking their chops but this is not your typical backup quarterback uh, as we saw a week ago against Air Force uh, the the anytime you can face a top 25 team that does not have their starting backfield you feel a lot better about it in terms of BYU looking at Boise State but the, when you're talking about a perennial power like Boise State you know that the guys next man up are not dogs exactly. And that's the case with Boise state. So uh, game time decisions from a broadcaster standpoint are never as much fun as knowing exactly who's going to play. We'll report that and you can step into the booth. But I think for both sides, it will be curious to find out an hour to kick exactly how guys are shaping up and, and who's going to be able to suit up and go full speed. And as I mentioned before, I mean, it is not looking like it's going to be especially warm in Boise. Uh, I know Gunner has the, the hamstring issue. How will that affect things? Uh, so not just so much at kickoff, but as the game progresses as well for some of those guys. Talking with Aaron Goldsmith, uh, first and foremost, he's a Mariners play-by-play to me. He also works for Fox Sports. He's calling the game tomorrow night. Aaron, what other storylines are you looking at in this one? Well, for me, the, the biggest the 
biggest thing that I'm wanting to see how it plays out, and it's the final scores, but that's not much of that much of a fun storyline in terms of getting deep in the weeds. But you know, from a BYU perspective, let's focus on that. You you now have things lined up and set up as you wanted if you're a BYU fan, right? I mean, since you've gone independent, now you have a chance to have essentially all eyes on BYU football and kind of what you're hoping to see happen when the move was made. And not only that, this isn't a Saturday game where you're going to get uh, lost with Clemson or top matchups. Friday night, all eyes of college football will be on you. So if you want to make that case for a New Year's Six Bowl, if you want to make that case to get in the conversation for the college football playoff, everybody's watching. Everybody has their eyes on you. And it's up to you as to whether or not uh, this can be a good thing or a bad thing, right? Great thing. Everybody's watching. You come out of the blue with a W. And now all of a sudden, you continue to be one of the main headlines in college football. It goes the other way. And so much of that momentum, I can say it's lost. Um, but it all crescendos at this moment on a Friday night. So it's, uh, I can't imagine uh, the narrative of this is just another game. But I know that that's what everybody will say inside that locker room is that this is just another game. In terms of result, you called Penn State, uh, Indiana. If it comes down to the wire like that, I, I think you'd be pleased, right? <laughs> you know, that's, it's funny. Broadcasters get uh, railed on all the time that they have an agenda, that they have a bias. And, hey, we're all the same. All we want is for the game to come down to the final play and that we can make our flight home in time. That's it. <laughs> Just, those, the game come down two. to the final play. Yeah, and don't make us rebook. I mean, that's it. That's all we need. Just an exciting game, and I think it will be, obviously. Absolutely. Well, Aaron, this was really fun. We've connected a lot before this, never on the show. So uh, good luck on the call. Let me know if you need any help on the Polynesian pronunciations, and uh, we'll enjoy the call on FS1 tomorrow night. Yeah, I I didn't even believe you actually had a show. So this is this basement (laughs) set that you have is it's amazing. You, I, you I still think it's a whole thing's a ruse. It's yeah. a ruse, but you made it look very official. So thank you. Yeah, I, I personally did all this. Uh, no. But, <laughs> yeah. Aaron, we appreciate the time, man. You got it. Good to talk to you, Jeremy. It's Aaron Goldsmith of Fox Sports. Also, uh, listen, I, I listen to him all the time. He and I have uh, done some games together in terms of me just being his stats guy. So, uh, yeah, he didn't believe me, I guess. So here we go. It's, uh, it's great to have him. He has a uh, cool uh, podcast as well with the Mariners GM, which I enjoy, called The Wheelhouse. So there's enough promotion for Aaron. Uh, coming up, a new deep blue with Brady Christensen, and Boise State wants to add more people Friday. Fair or foul? This is BYU Sports Nation. Hey, buddy, how you doing, man? You good? You feeling good? This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. BYU Radio's Cougar pregame live starts tomorrow night, 7.45 Eastern, with Jason Shepard, allegedly, as well as Riley Nelson, Greg Rubel, and Mitchell Juergens. It's number nine. BYU plays at number 21, Boise State, Friday night. He is Spencer in Boise. I am Jeremy Jordan in Provo with Buddy Buddy. And this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. We've shipped... Spencer DeBoise, what's in the whip, Spencer? Jaron, with only two games in the last five weeks of the season, BYU currently has the fewest games of any team in the nation over that span. So do the Cougars need to schedule at least one more game? 
to stay relevant in the final weeks of the season? Yes, and it's two in the last six, by the way. Even worse, four buys. I believe that BYU does need to reschedule a game. I'm not convinced it needs to be a great game, a notable opponent. It just needs to be another game or two so that BYU continues to stay in the highlights, continues to win and potentially move up or at least stay as opposed to get bumped down. Yeah, I know a lot of people like the idea of BYU playing a team like Marshall, but that makes a lot of people nervous, too, because it's another ranked matchup. But So just give me a team in the Mountain West Conference that needs a game. If the Sun Belt, Conference USA come calling, great. Just figure out a way. Hey, even Army. Does Army want the smoke, or are they no. completely off the show? They don't want the smoke. Navy, by the way, has uh, COVID on campus and uh, postponed the Tulsa game. So it got to uh, an academy, which is great. BYU and Boise State game on FS1 tomorrow night, as we've mentioned. It's one of three games on Friday. The other two, Miami, ranked number 11, at NC State on ESPN. San Jose State and future BYU opponent San Diego State on CBS Sports Network. What will be the most watched game? I want to say it's going to be BYU and Boise State, but I'm not sure if Fox Sports 1 has the hold on the Friday night audience like ESPN does. Because if you go to sports bars or restaurants, typically they just have the game on ESPN. Rarely do they have it on FS1. So I wonder how much those numbers will affect it. It should be the most watched game because it's clearly the most relevant, but I still think it's probably going to be Miami and NC State. Yeah, I I think it will be the most. ESPN, obviously, is just a default for a lot of places, right? Uh, But it's a ranked matchup. Boise State and BYU, I think that draws some people. I think it'll do a decent number on a Friday night. All right, Jerem. Boise State is now hoping to allow more than just the family and band. We announced this morning that they're going to put in 500 students. Are they going to try and fit some more people in there? Is this a conspiracy? I mean, should BYU cry foul on something like this? BYU won't, but I will. At home games this year, where BYU has had fans, they have offered several hundred tickets to the opponents for their families. Boise State could have figured this out earlier and offered to BYU, you'd think, one, they didn't figure it out till last night. And two, they haven't offered BYU any tickets. That is absolutely Bush League. Yeah, conveniently, it didn't all get worked out until last night. Why the push? Why all of a sudden this last-minute stuff? Because Boise State knows they're in a precarious position against a team that right now is better than them on the field. This is a last-ditch desperation effort to try and create some type of advantage on the blue against a highly and very motivated BYU team. Yeah, it's Bush League, but you know what? If I'm BYU, I'm using it as ammo, and I feed off that negative energy, which they have done so well over the past few years in road environments. Former Cougar Kyle Whittingham signed a four-year extension through 2027 at Utah. <laughs> Is this good or bad news for Brigham? Well, it's, it's good and bad. It's bad because Kyle Whittingham has had his way clearly against BYU when you look at the overall record. But it, it wouldn't feel right if BYU couldn't figure out a way to finally beat Kyle Whittingham. The victory, the eventual victory would mean and will mean that much more if Kyle Whittingham is the head coach at Utah. So I like it and hate it at the same time. Yeah, amen to what you said. And Kyle Whittingham can always retire if he's done in two or three years. He doesn't have to extend all the way through 2027. In fact, what is it, 2020? I I doubt he's going to go seven or eight more years. I don't see that. You think he's got enough money with that Power 5 paycheck? Well, uh, Coach... Chris Kobiak, Coach K, eh, uh, gets paid more, which is super (laughs) weird. I don't understand that whatsoever. 
Hey, speaking of Coach K in basketball, let's go to BYU now, who enters the 2021 Ken Palm rankings at 89th. What do you think about number 89? Too high, too low, or just right? Feels too low. I think BYU should be higher on the list, a.k.a. lower number. BYU did lose its top three players in Yoli Childs, Jake Jules, and TJ Haas. BYU feels like it brought in some good talent. There's certainly uh, something to prove for BYU with this hodgepodge of talent, this potluck, if you will. But uh, 89 feels high. I'd rather BYU be probably in the 50s or 60s. I think BYU deserves to be right around 50, 55, so I'm with you on that. Ken Palm ratings are so heavily based on analytics and what you bring back and numbers and formulas. So, I mean, the formula just doesn't favor BYU because they lost so much. But the eye test and the analysts and us looking at the roster and 7-3 Matt Harms tell me that BYU should be closer to 55. All right, Jerem, coming up. I think we should tackle a spuddy buddy edition of Know the Foe. It's about time we did. Plus, the latest deep blue on the overlooked as a kid, but not now, Brady Christensen, BYU's starting left tackle. This is BYU Sports Nation from Provo and Boise. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, there's a ton of blue in the polls. A number nine ranking, a Wilson for Heisman campaign, and a new Twitter poll Cougar Nation is hoping to jimmer. Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation social media platforms. We welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation Live. I'm Spencer Linton in Boise, Idaho, just outside Albertson Stadium. Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B back in Provo, Utah. We now turn our attention to this week's Deep Blue feature on one of the best offensive linemen in the entire country and a guy who we think has a very bright NFL future. Brady Christensen is the subject of this week's Deep Blue presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. Brady was a delight. He was, he was born 10 pounds, and then he was very, very, very shy. But then I think he kind of blossomed after he started playing sports because he was really good at it. As a freshman, you go run with the football team in the summer. You do summer conditioning with the high school program. And I remember I was about six foot, 160, and I couldn't move very good. And I, my feet were already grown to size 15, and I was just like running with skis around. And so I wasn't very fast, wasn't very big. And we were up in a trip, me and my, a bunch of my buddies, and they all got the call that they made the high school football team as freshmen, and I didn't. I was the only one left out. And so I ended up playing Little League again, and yeah, it was rough. You know, he's, he's just really been an underdog, and he takes that to heart, and, and, and it's, it's a big motivating thing for him, and I think it's even a motivating thing for him to this day. I've almost kept a mental note of all the things I've been overlooked. Like, the times I'm overlooked, it almost just motivates me to go further and to go farther and to work harder. And I honestly contribute a lot of that to my success here at BYU is being that underdog and feeling like I've been overlooked and it just motivates me to go farther. 230 to 240 range in high school, not real heavily recruited because of that. But they did a good job here of identifying him as someone who would fill out and, and grow. Didn't Jordan say you took a 
a test in one of your classes that said you need to go to yeah. a food therapist because <laughs> your eating is so bad? Uh, yeah, you're like, do you sleep all right? And I'm like, yes. Are you ever, do you ever think about like ending your life? I'm like, no. And then do you overeat? And I'm like, well, yes, I overeat. I have to overeat. <laughs> and then they say, do you sometimes eat until you feel like you're going to throw up? And I'm like, yes, sometimes I do that. <laughs> and so by the end of it, my, all my mental health was all good. It was all checked out. But then it said eating disorder. It said extreme. May want to go get help with it. I was like, what? <laughs> it's your job. I think the biggest thing is just the way that that he's grown physically is also matched with the way that he's grown mentally and emotionally. He's gone from a guy, like I said a minute ago, who's somewhat questioned whether he was ready to play and maybe even questioned how good he really could be to the point where now I think he feels like he can line up and play with anybody in the country, and I'd say he's right. We've seen a lot of great things from him as a leader, a lot of great things from him as a person, just, just connecting with his uh, teammates, and that whole offensive line unit is really close because of him. He's a big part of it, and, and I, I think he, he has a sense that, to know when someone is needing a, a attention or even uh, some comforting. I, I think he has a great gift of, of being able to discern uh, who needs help and, and where to address it. So uh, but just a extreme pr pleasure for me to be his head coach. My wife is so supportive in football. It's, it's not easy on the wives. I mean, for all of August, you're basically gone from early in the morning to late at night. And then during the season, you're traveling every weekend and you're staying in hotels and whatever. But she's the most supportive thing ever. And it's amazing she just loves watching me play football she comes to every game and she watches film with me even at night like we're watching film and she watches it with me and she's just like always so supportive and uplifting being able to watch him love it so much it makes like all the long days and him being gone a lot of just so much easier because he always has positive things to say about it and I always kind of he'll get home and I'll say did anything interesting happen today and he always just like I swear he always has something positive to say. Like I never hear anything negative about the team or the coaches, he just really loves it. And so when I am playing, I do it for the love of football, but I do it for her as well. Um, I just love to try to be as successful as possible for her and try my best because of her, because I know she's doing the same thing in her aspects of her life, just working her tail off. So I just try to match that and do it for her. Brady Christensen, our deep blue feature on BYU Sports Nation as the Cougars prepare for number 21 Boise State looking to beat Boise on the blue for the first time in program history. Here's a guy that is absolutely crushing it, and the national analysts and draft analysts are taking notice. In fact, Brady, according to Pro Football Focus, ranks one or two in three major categories. Right now, he is the number one pass blocker in the country with a score of 94.2 according to PFF. He's number two in run blocking and has the second best overall grade of any person at his position. Brady Christensen is going to play on Sundays. He's going to be really good in professional football and if you couldn't tell from that piece he's just kind of a really gentle giant and has a great sense of humor and trust me he does not have an eating disorder. It's totally normal to want to eat that much sometimes, especially when the food tastes amazing. Okay, coming up, 
a rise and shout out. A combined effort from us on BYU Sports Nation and a Boise State edition of Know the Foe. I mean, we're in Boise, so we should definitely do that, right? This is BYU Sports Nation. On BYU Sports Nation is presented by America First Credit Union. We're here to help. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always on demand via the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. You can also download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Do we it. love all the criticisms, right, Just Jerem? do it. Boise State, know the foe. Time for that. Presented by Tim Daly Ford, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. All right, Ben Bagley, what's up? All right, guys, it's time to do Boise State, know the foe, your favorite time every week. And today, the law firm of Franklin and Franklin, in the break, decide the Spencer, you'll get to go first. Nice. They also mentioned that there were complaints filed by you two that these questions are too hard, so I simplified the first four to really? just true or false. We didn't say that, just so everyone knows. Harder the better. There we go. All right, true or false, Spencer. The field at Boise State has been the cause of death of birds, which mistakenly took the field as a large body of water and crashed into the field, causing their death. True. That is false. It is a urban myth. Everyone talks about that like it's true. It's not. Not true. Sorry, Spencer. No point for you. (laughs) But it's hilarious. All right, Jerem. True or false? There is a rule on the NFL books called the Boise rule, which prohibits any NFL stadium to have anything but green playing surfaces. I'll go true on this. That is a fact. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The NFL says, oh, no, we're not going there. Yeah, and and let's talk about this because there are other colored fields in college football. Eastern Washington is red. Um, Coastal Carolina is an awful teal. It's like a teal. Gray. And then there's a purple purple field. Who has the purple field? I can't remember. Weber State. No, that's not true. (laughs) False. False, yes. Two points for Jeremy. Spencer, uh, true or false? Boise State holds a U.S. trademark on any non-green athletic field. This is true, Ben. <laughs> what? It they is do? true. Yes. Are you serious? In I know 2009, this. In 2009, they got a trademark for just the blue field, and in 2010, extended it to all non-green athletic fields. We're in the wrong business. Yeah. Yes, but okay. they, they have been nice enough that they've kind of let anybody use it. Like other colored fields, obviously, we've established but that. But they get they, paid for it. They hold the trademark. Okay, by the way, it's Central Arkansas, yes. an FCS team that has the purple field. All right, so, Jerem, you lead currently. Let's go to, uh, let's see, you know, Spencer got that one right, so we're tied. Jerem, we're going from true yes. or false to a yes or no question. Before making it big on Breaking Bad, Aaron Paul, a.k.a. Jesse Pinkman, from oh. Boise, was a contestant on The Price is Right and made it all the way to the Showcase Showdown. Did he win? <sighs> I know he was on The Price is Right. I know this. But I don't know <laughs> I don't know if he won or not. I'll say he didn't win. Correct. He overbid his Showcase by just $132. <sighs> I love it. Or else He also lost his pricing game. But if you've seen the YouTube of it, it's yeah. fantastic. It's, it's, he's very excited. We're going to tweet it out, by the way. <laughs> All right, Spencer, no more no more yes or no's or cho- multiple choice. Which of the following is not a top five attraction in Boise? 
According to who? TripAdvisor.com. Okay, okay. Is it the Boise River Greenbelt, the Simplot Potato Farm Museum, the Old Idaho Penitentiary, <laughs> the Freak Alley Gallery, or the World Center of Birds of Prey? So three of the four of these are, or four of the five. <laughs> ben, I'm gonna go E, the World Center of Birds of Prey. No, that's actually, that's number oh. two on the list. That's the second most exciting thing to do in Boise. The Simplot Potato Farming Museum, fabrication by me. <laughs> you set me up, you set me up! Uh, so easy. And Jerem, finally, the blue turf in Boise was first installed in 1986. In their first game, Boise State beat what team 74 to zero was it weber state was it not sleeping on idaho state was it humboldt state or was it utah state oh gosh idaho state no it was humboldt state sorry humboldt state yes yes <laughs> where, true story where, where are they 74 from? nothing no clue yeah. Humboldt State. That's that no the foe. That was when Boise State was a JC. Thank you, Ben. That was great. Our question of the day. When you hear someone talk about BYU in the college football playoff, <laughs> what's your reaction? The Elite Voice of the Day is presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at BYU Ace Man on Twitter. What's up? I am so excited for the Cougars, but I feel like I'm standing on a stool on top of a folding chair on top of a card table on top of a pile of boxes. It can come crashing down at any moment, but I'm loving the view from up here. Go Cougars. <laughs> Go Cougars. Who gets today's, today's rise and shout out? Rise. Great question. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Jeremy goes to BYU Sports over the past year, as tweeted by BYU Athletics. This is a fact. Over the last 12 months, 10 different BYU teams have been ranked in the nation's top 15. Eight of those in the top 10. Five in the top five. Two at number Woo! one. Life's good in Provo. That's awesome, man. Thanks to today's guest, Aaron Goldsmith. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. As always, our conversation continues 24-7. Hit us up, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're still working on TikTok a little bit. Hashtag BYUSN. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Atu Naisa Mahe. See you tomorrow on BYUSN Live from Provo and Boise. Go Cougs.